Welcome back to the Stack Report, brought to you by our very good friends at MJ Bale. Great kit. It's 2018. If you're wearing bad suits, you need to be better than that. You need to look after yourself. Two suits for $1,000, not to mention all the ties, all the pocket squares, all the shirts, all the slacks, all the shorts. Plenty of good kit at MJ Bale. Do yourself a favor. Look after yourself. Look after the way you look. Get around to one of the great MJ Bale stores all around the country. And if you're enjoying this podcast series, you'll probably enjoy 24 to It's a great app. It's a great website. Hell, I'm working for them. They can't be too bad. There's fantastic content. More than 100 athletes posting on the weekly, not to mention all the little docos we've got on there too. Some great content on the 24 website. And if you are enjoying this podcast, do us a favor. Subscribe, rate, review on iTunes. Have a listen to us at Wooshka. You can subscribe there too. Also, discover the other day, much to my lack of knowledge, we're also on Spotify, so you can track us down there. And also, we've been uh, posting all of these uh, episodes on YouTube. So if you want to see myself in this magnificent MJ Bale kit and our guests in their fantastic MJ Bale kit, you can do so on YouTube. Just search for The Stack Report. And I've got a doozy, a fantastic guest for you this week. Josh Mansour, one of the nicest blokes in the rugby league. He plays for the Penrith Panthers. He's played for New South Wales. He's represented Australia. And he was good enough to give us an hour of his time. He talked about the knee injury that nearly ended his career, his Lebanese and Portuguese heritage. He's fantastic run so far from the Penrith Panthers and whether or not he will remain with the club beyond the end of the 2018 season. Just what might else be in store for him this year in terms of rep footy too. It was a great hour. He's also a new father. Uh, Plenty of interesting stuff there if you like your rugby league and indeed if you like your sport. Please enjoy the next hour courtesy of the Stack Report. Well, it's a welcome back to the Stack Report. It's a warm welcome to one time the beard to be feared, but he's semi-cleanly shaven now, Josh Mansour. How are you going, Josh? Yeah, yeah great. Mate, you're in your MJ Bale suit. You're a little bit concerned about the whole no sock thing that you're running there. Like, yeah. talk me through it. You, yeah, it's why, a new you, look. You I'm like kind of look? Rock- nah, yeah, I don't know about it, but um, fellow downstairs recommended it, so I'm just going to rock it for a while. I'll hopefully get no blisters after this. But... Are, you, are you superficial about your ankles? You know, you're a little bit sensitive about them? Yeah, or? I've always had pretty big cankles, but, uh, <laughs> you know, I was lucky enough to get the foot in the, uh, the shoe, so that's, that's, that's more than enough for me. Matt, as I mentioned, the no longer bearded, mm. and there's a good reason for that. There was a charity sort of uh, situation that went down. Can you walk us through it? Yeah, um, so I was, you know, I'm very fortunate for what I do and uh, I kind of came across this beard and, um, you know, I thought, you know, that kind of suits me, really got a beard, so I wanted to kind of give back in a way and uh, I thought it was just a perfect opportunity to kind of, um, you know, get involved and kind of raise awareness for um, bowel cancer Australia. Um, it's, uh, it's sad to say, but it's the second biggest killer that we got and it's not really talked about often, so I go, you know what? Um, it's a small sacrifice, but I'm willing to give up my beard to kind of raise some money for him. Was your raise in the end? Uh, my target was 10k, but I ended up raising fourteen thousand five hundred dollars. Mate, well done. Yeah, yeah. The so. most important question though: Are we going to see that magnificent beard back? Or uh, um, yeah, so I had a bit of scruff, uh, scrubble uh, yesterday, and um, went to go go, you know, just a bit of a clip, but I actually took up too much that I asked for, and then I had to go. Yeah, so I had to kind of go this clean. Can't complain. Are we going to see it back though, full t- like yeah, long term? Yeah, I haven't made a decision. It was your yet. trademark. I know, I know, yeah. I know. But yeah, maybe, most likely. Heavy on the groom, beard oils, like oh, I was, t- I was all over it, all yeah. over it. Shampoo, beard oil, beard like a spe- balm. A specific, a specific like shampoo for yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Like you know, I even had like a bit of a pe- 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 peppermint um, hit. So you just wash it and you got that nice fresh and 
you know, cool feel. So that was awesome. Yeah, I didn't realise you were such a sort of sensitive new age guy with the, with I, the grooming techniques. I never techniques. looked. The first time I grew, I was I never really looked after it, but you know, had to make some changes. Now, shaving the beard has been a big deal, but it's probably only the second biggest thing that's happened in recent months. Yeah. Fatherhood. Yeah. How's it been, mate? Awesome. Uh, the first couple of months. Oh, sorry. First month was a bit tough. Obviously, being away from the wife. Yeah, because um, you were playing for Australia. Yeah, yeah. yeah so um, yeah, you know what? It was um, it was tough, but mate greatest gift I can ever ask for um, you know big respect to all the wives um, and mothers out there like they they go for a hell of a lot and I uh, can definitely say that they, they got a harder job than we do well like we hear all the cliches You've, I've yet to become a father a uh, long way off but does it really change your perce- perception on life oh, 100% 100% yeah like uh, every decision like the smallest things like um, you, you always got to like think back on how it affects your family and um, I, I'm very grateful I, I love kids um, I've never been big on babies but once you have your own yeah, me neither different. I don't get it yeah I, I was, talk me through it because I reckon they just don't have any personality I, I'm like get back to me when I've they're 18 been, months I've never been clucky I've never been one to like hold babies and stuff like that but now I'm just I just love it, eh? Yeah. Love, I'm full embracing fatherhood. Other people's babies, though, as well? You know, are you buying into others or is it just your own? Oh, I'm loving it now, yeah. Like, so, especially, like, my teammates, I'll be always asking, like, how's, she, how's he or she going, you know? And you full, like, understand what, like, you go through, the, the journey behind it. So, uh, it's still got a while to go, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> I think you've got a lifetime. <laughs> exactly. So, <laughs> I can't wait to see the curveballs my daughter's going to throw at me, but... Wait and see. Well, it's interesting you talk about the curveballs yeah. a daughter can throw at you because the other saying is that um, if you have a daughter as a man, you automatically become a feminist. Does it change your perception of, of, of women? Oh, you know what? I've always been a big supporter of women. Uh, I grew up with, um, with my mother pretty much most of my life and I have two younger sisters. So, um, yeah, I'm all for the girls. Strong female presence. In yeah, the very strong. Very, yeah. very strong. Yeah. So, so, yeah, very grateful. Talk to me about how hard it was being in... Um, Australian camp and you know your firstborn comes along mm. no greater honour than to play for your country yeah, it must was it hard to f- remain focused on you know doing your work and playing uh, your opponents yeah it's, it was hard to juggle those kind of two um, but yeah you know what I'm not, not saying I'm complaining or anything but uh, just the first that first week when I was making my, um, my World Cup debut against France uh, we trained Tuesday and then I had to fly back up and you know I thought I'd spend one more day before the birth um, with my wife trying to obviously which was very nervous of course and uh, the day of the birth was on the Thursday. So that was the last training run with the Aussies. I had to miss that. And I flew in Friday morning. It was, yeah, it was all on from then. So I only had one training session to prepare for the game. And when I was in the game, it was just, yeah, like I was psyched up walking onto the field. And But in the back of my mind, I was just thinking about my wife and daughter, and if they're okay and if everything's, you know, just just natural human instinct, I guess. But, yeah. Um, yeah, it was hard to focus. Because that's, I mean, I think I spoke to you off camera before just saying yeah. that if you're playing even low-level amateur sports, the beauty is getting lost in the sport itself and not mm. thinking um, at all. Could you do that in this occasion? Yeah, that, it was very difficult. I'm not going to yeah. lie. Um, it's hard to, like, I'm pretty good at like switching on and off when I need to, but this specific game, it was like, yeah, it was very tough. Yeah, like, yeah I, I had to, like, just catching balls, right, taking a hit up, like, after you just you're going to your wing and, because you've been on the wing, you obviously don't do don't do too much. But um, so I was just yeah flooded by thoughts, eh? Yeah. yeah, I'm I'm interested in you raising a family now because I'm interested as well in how your family got to Australia. You know, oh, a, a yeah. son of a of a Lebanese migrant and yeah. uh, and a Portuguese yeah. mother. Yeah. So did the old man? He obviously grew up in Beirut. How did he? Yeah. How did it come to pass that he moved to Australia? So this is this is where it gets a bit like tricky. My grandfather's actually Cuban. Okay. My dad's my dad's dad and um. My grandmother's Lebanese, so oh, this cracks. This is tracking back a bit, but <laughs> my grandfather fled Cuba and 
like migrated to Lebanon and that's where my grandparents met. My dad grew up in Beirut, Lebanon and migrated back to, back to Australia. So, what, Like what year would he have moved to Australia? Ooh, I think it was the 70s. 70s? Yeah, uh, late 70s. Yeah. Yep, definitely. I think it was the seven, yes, 1977 I think it was. Yeah. I don't know how, I'll just throw a random number out there. But Yeah, yeah. <laughs> do you ever, I'll, I'll, I'll take your word on it. Mid 70s, let's yeah, call it. Yeah, let's go, mid 70s. So do you, did you ever talk to the old man about like why, what his motivation was to move to Australia? Um, yeah, I think it was just more of like a starting on new, like just a new beginning pretty much, you know. Yeah. Um, Lebanon, uh, I think at the time was uh, going through a lot of war, um, yeah. civil unrest and um, his six, uh, six, uh, brothers and sisters, so, you know, I guess it was just for a new beginning. Yeah, and where did he move, settle to when he moved uh, to Australia? It was uh, Sydney, uh, they went to um, Belmore pretty much, yeah, Belmore, okay. sorry. Nice. Yes. And so, mad Canterbury supporters. Really obviously. big Canterbury supporters? Yeah, massive. How massive. do they cope with his, their son running around for the Penrith Panthers? Oh. Have they come to terms with that? Yeah, no, my, my dad has, uncles and his haven't. Are you uh, serious? Yeah. Um, They're still unhappy about it. Tw- 2016, uh, we are playing Canterbury at Allianz, and my family uh, decided to come watch. And end up getting into a fight with my teammates' parents. Like <laughs> it was, oh mate, out of all people to get into a fight with. But yeah, classic. Mate, yeah. break break it down for me. Hey, talk, tell me, talk me through the fight. All right. Um, I I mentioned his name, Dallin Watani Zelezniak, my, yeah. my the other winger. Uh, he, I think he got a cheap shot, and he was lying down for a bit, and my uncle kind of blew up, like thought he was milking a penalty, and he didn't know his his parents were sitting right there next to him. <laughs> Sorry, mate, that's my son you're talking about. And then it started from then. Yeah, just verbal, you know. Yeah. Handbags, handbags. Yeah. There wasn't actually any punches. Oh, no, 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 no. no. Oh, my uncle's like 60-something. What's he going to do? Like, <laughs> bash him with a walking stick or something? <laughs> no, but it was, yeah. I, I didn't see it, but that's what happened. Nice. And so did your old man, he obviously moved out in the mid-70s, as we, as we established. Yeah, yeah. Was, did he come out with your mother, or did they meet here? Or? No, they met here. Yeah. Uh, I think it was just a mutual friend. Yeah, I think uh, my dad... Yeah, but that opened the door for my mum, and boom, that's how they first met. And how did she come out? Because she's from Portugal. Portugal, so How yeah. did she end up in Australia? Um, so my grandfather, same again, new beginning, yeah. um, six brothers and sisters as well. Uh, so my grandfather moved over. He started working and still works down in Wollongong. Yep. Uh, he raised enough money and uh, bought all of them a ticket and, um, yeah, like, brought them over. Yeah. So, yeah, he's kind of my hero, my grandfather. Like, I pay a lot of respect to him, just the way he's come over here on his own, Doesn't didn't speak real good English, and... Saved enough money for his family. I, yeah, I really look up to him. What did he do for a crust? As in... For work. Work, yeah. yeah. Uh, so over in Portugal, he worked like uh, for, I think, the water, aqueduct, something, worked on something like that. Yeah, about yeah. 100%. Sort of civil engineering civil, sort of Something stuff, like yeah. that. And then um, he's come over here and just found work through the steelworks in Wungo. Yeah, yeah nice. Paul Kembla. Actually. There you go, of course. Yeah. The yeah. City of Steel. Yeah, exactly. How good was the old Illawarra Steelers jersey? Oh, that was a ripping yeah, jersey. Yeah, that's retro. Yeah. Retro. Retro charms. <laughs> uh, and because your mum's from Madeira, am I Madeira, right? Madeira, yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. Have you ever been? Yes, I have. Yeah. Yeah, I've been in Lebanon and Madeira. Did you see yeah. the horrible Ronaldo statue at the airport? Or No, no. So I went in 2000, uh, yeah, 2007. Yeah, yeah. So that wasn't, uh, it wasn't erected then. But yeah. It's meant to be beautiful though, right? Yeah, yeah. They... Um, no, not the statue, the island. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Statue's meant to be horrendous. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it wasn't that good, actually. That's what I was, I was thinking. No, nah, but the, the island, yeah, it's a beautiful, beautiful island. Um, you can go around the whole island um, in one day. That's how small it is. Mm. So, but yeah, very, very nice, you know, very green. Any truth to the rumours that they're going to get a, um, a Josh Mansour statue next to the Ronaldo one? Oh, I wish. <laughs> no, I doubt, I doubt that highly. I don't think they know what rugby league is in Madeira, to be honest. <laughs> but um, yeah, they're very fanatic soccer soccer fans, that's for sure. Do you like your soccer? You're quite a soccer fan as well, aren't you? Yeah, well, I started playing soccer as a kid at the start. Yeah. Right, so before you played rugby league, you were playing yeah, football. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, 
obviously with my background, um, mad soccer fans and fanatics and for them, like uncles and aunties obviously played soccer themselves. So um, I decided to play soccer and I think it was the age of 10 where I kind of decided that I just wanted to play rugby league. Yeah. Um, what my, drew you into it, do you think? So like, you, what, what interested you in rugby um, league? Well, all my friends were playing rugby league. So like when I finished school, we'd go to the park and we weren't playing soccer. We are just, you know, throwing the footy around and that's so I think I started growing to love it. And um, I was watching more rugby league on TV than I was soccer and I think that's what kind of triggered me to kind of make the switch. And I haven't looked back six, no regrets. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What what position did you play when you were playing soccer? Striker. <laughs> Banging in goals. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you're winger in rugby league, striker in uh, in soccer. Yeah. So. It just loves to score. Oh mate, oh, I don't know. I didn't get chosen. I just my dad. Actually, sorry, my dad ended up putting me there. He was he was a striker himself when he's I used to play. So I think that's where I got yeah my striking ability. Was he? Did the old man want you to keep continue playing soccer? Was oh he yeah, frustrated? yeah. Killed yeah. him when I made the switch. Killed him. Um, my mother was more understanding. Believe it or not, I, I thought she would have pushed me more to play soccer but um end up finding a mutual agreement and they go you know what actually sorry my mother said that you know what let him play but he'll get sick of her but didn't didn't happen no <laughs> strong-willed 10 year old by yeah. the sounds of it yeah yeah so um i was a bit nervous obviously making the switch but uh i was lucky to you know play with my mates from school and they kind of welcomed me in you know the team which was you know a bit bit easier to transit to transition sorry yeah and this growing up is this in um lakemba is that right yeah so uh, i played for the st john's eagles in a punch bowl uh played this the age of 17 and then i played one year at kingsgrove and and after that i ended up playing junior footy at, uh for south yeah nice. uh, representative sorry talk, talk to me about um high school how'd you go as a student yeah, um, very, I was too energetic for my own good. Eh? I couldn't really? really sit in. It doesn't surprise me somehow talking to you. <laughs> yeah. You're bouncing yeah. off the walls here. Yeah, yeah, I know. No, it just wasn't. Um, I kind of always had in my head I wanted to play rugby league. Um, obviously, it's a the dream, starts off as a dream, but uh, I, whatever I did after school, it was all about rugby league. I just wanted to go to the park, kick the footy around, train, whatever. Um, so it was, yeah, I, it's kind of sad to say, but I really put school as my you know second option, which is. Yeah, what happened? Who, what, which player did you look up to? Did you think he's the Ducks oh, nuts? Yeah, I love Freddie Fittler. Massive. Really? Fan. Yeah, massive Freddie Fittler fan. Loved his uh, footwork, loved his right foot step. Um, and go figure, he's a, obviously a Penrith junior as well. So, yep. yeah, god of Penrith. Yeah. yeah. But, but I, I would have thought you might have picked a fullback or a winger. Yeah, no. Nah, um, loved really the playmaker. Loved, yeah, loved him. Yeah. I don't know, uh, he was just killing it that, those, those days when I was young. So he's obviously our origin coach now. Um, yeah. Do you guys have much of a relationship? Pretty. Remember me, mate? Getting right around him now. <laughs> yeah. No. Nah, he's. I reckon he's. Um. He'll be awesome as a coach. Um. He coached me in the the city team. Uh. Twenty. Uh, Twenty sixteen. Um. Definitely learned a lot from him. Um. You know he's got a different approach to most coaches, but uh, it definitely works. What What do you mean different? Um. I think he just he kind of gets rid of all the anxiety and all the hype leading up to the game. Um. And not only that, like, I think because he played himself and I think just his reputation, like, it kind of makes you, makes you more listen to him more, actually. Sorry, like, it, as, he's done it all, you know, and you just want to learn off him and what makes him so confident, what makes him so calm, and I guess it's his aura, yeah. Yeah. You talk about him sort of almost releasing the shackles. Is his message as a coach, just go out and play? Like, just Pretty much, almost, yeah. yeah. It's as simple as that. Like, yeah. just during the week... Um, kind of really because obviously in city uh, country game you've got, you got to gel and as a team in a week and that's, that's pretty difficult but uh, I think two years in a row we, we were underdogs and we won both times and um, I think that comes off um, Freddie's coaching ability yeah um, have you spoken to him about 
the Origin sort of series coming up. I know it's a long, long way out, but I, I feel like the coaches these days probably do communicate to yeah. the guys in the news. Yeah, no, not, nothing, nothing. Yeah, the last time um, I kind of heard him speaking about me was uh, him bagging me when he was a Lebanon coach. So <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely turned the Lebanese supporters against me. But um, yeah, no, that was the last time I kind of heard him say my name. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully it's a bit better later on this year. I yeah. hope so, I hope so. Um, tell me about when you realise sort of that rugby league could be a career because obviously uh, being an academic student wasn't something nah. that you wanted to pursue. Nah, nah. When did you sort of click that it was something that you could pursue as a career? Um, so I, obviously uh, when I was coming through the ranks, um, I, was, I got picked for the development squad for under-16 Canterbury and um, I didn't get picked in the final squad. So that was kind of disheartening, but uh, still, I still wanted to be a professional rugby league player. Uh, had one more year in Canterbury comp and kind of decided to look elsewhere. So I went to Kingsgrove Coles for a year. How um, old are you at this point? So I was 18 when I was playing for Kingsgrove. Yeah. I only had one season there. Trying to, I tried my luck in St. George. Uh, yeah, didn't get a look in there. Uh, and believe it or not, I just read about an open trial at North Sydney Bears. And they're the feeder club for South Sydney at the time. Um, it's still are. And I go, you know what? I'm just going to go try my luck. I went down there went, with my mum. And as I rocked up, like I got... You see all blokes with their mates and like you know joking around. I'm I'm there with my mum. I'm like Jesus, <laughs> tough crowd. I'm like, don't want anyone anyone to see me. Anyway, played, ended up playing the game and um, at the end my name got picked and did a preseason. Then went through um, uh, under twenty Souths, played one year uh, for Reggie's and then ended up at Penrith. But that period where you weren't getting picked up. What are the coaches saying to you? Are they are giving you feedback, saying like, mate, you know, you're a lovely kid, but you're just not going to cut yeah, it? Yeah, no, I was pretty ruthless. Hey, it was just more like um, there's a sheet running, like reading off a sheet, named all the team, and then the guy's tough luck, pat on the back, unlucky, mate. That was That's pretty much it. Yeah. So it was pretty disheartening as a kid. Um, it definitely, like, you know, shoots your confidence down. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I just had something in my head that I always just kept pushing me. Um, I just, yeah, I just really wanted a bad to like, play NRL. Yeah, why did you believe that you could? I don't know. It's, it's funny. I, get, I got asked that quite a bit, and um, I just kind of really just believed in myself. Hey, eh? um, I wasn't the most talented player growing up. Um, I, I admit that, but just part of me just wouldn't give up. Mm. And I guess that's you know that's just who I am. Obviously, through those years when you get picked up by South Sydney, you're still not playing first grade, but you're in the mix. You know, for that sort of two three year mm. period yep. um, with South. Why didn't you? think the South didn't pick you up in the end there? Uh, yeah, I, I'm not quite sure, to be honest. Um, I, I, we went pretty good. Um, we went to the grand, In 2010, we went to the Toyota Cup Grand Final. Um, I had a pretty successful year for myself. Got picked in the Junior Kangaroos and um, the Holden Cup Team of the Year. Um, but then, I don't know, I think there just wasn't an interest there for, much for me. Um, it came down to the end, it was either me or Andrew Everingham, and Everingham ended up getting the, the pick, and I, I was left with no club. Um, but thankfully, uh, Gus gave me a call and had a meeting down in Penrith. And you know what? I took it as an opportunity. Talk me through that call from Gus. Like, did it just come out of the blue? Did do you have management? Did you have contacts at Penrith? What happened? Yeah, so I had my my manager like working behind the scenes, and um, Gus called me directly and I had a chat with him over the phone, and pretty much wanted to have a meeting. Went down, had a look at the place, and uh, you know what? I wasn't. I, I was. I just wanted an opportunity. I just wanted a shot and. Uh, Penrith were very, you know, I was very fortunate to be playing for them. It's pretty incredible, hey, because you, you hadn't even played a game of NRL mm. footy and you've got Gus Gould, one of the most revered figures in the game, yeah. giving you a call. Yeah. You're like, 
you crapping yourself when he rings you? Yeah, I was definitely a bit, I was very nervous, obviously, and especially when I first met him for the first time, and obviously his reputation and who he is, obviously one of the biggest figures in rugby league himself, so it was, yeah, it was, but then again, I took it as a compliment, and I go, if he believes in me, then why shouldn't I believe in myself, and, uh, you know, I'm very grateful for Penrith and all the opportunities they have given me. Do you remember much from that meeting with him, of what he said, or not really? A bit oh blurry. yeah, a bit of a blur. Um, but I just yeah, I just remember going having a look around the joint, and um, when I actually first signed, um, I thought I was kind of you know there weren't that many outside backs, but there was like seven six wingers, and I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> this is not going to be easy. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I had a, it was a tough preseason. It was a very rainy preseason. I remember, I'll never forget. Um, and I think it was around mid mid year, and I'm making my debut against um, Melbourne under Ivan. Yeah. Ivan Cleary, mm. now running the Tigers. You're playing with his son, incredibly. Oh, Nathan was our ball boy. Like it's, if, it's crazy how time flies. Like I remember Nathan, you know, like we kick for touch, and Nathan putting the ball, and I'm picking them, passing it to infield. And now I'm playing against, like playing with him. Like yeah. it's just, it's crazy how life. Yeah, life's crazy sometimes. Yeah, how it all sort of oh. ends up panning out, right? Yeah, crazy. It's interesting. Gus must have, like, obviously, stupid thing to say. He's yeah. obviously got an incredible eye for talent. But mm. we did this same interview with Brian Fletcher, who, is, who was, you know, <laughs> loose as a goose, basically. He, <laughs> you know, so telling, he told us this story in this podcast where... Oh. It was before he'd played a senior game. <laughs> Rocky the Rooster was standing on stage and he was playing seconds for, for the, the Chooks. Okay. Or, um, and he's, he's come running on stage and tackled the Rooster off the stage and broken a vertebrae. <laughs> yeah, you won't believe that. Uh, understandably gets sacked and so he thinks it's career over. Runs into Gus at the nightclub at Bondi Junction and Gus says, mate, he's coming down. Yeah, Gus was at the nightclub. He reckons oh, Gus could dance. Gus on the dance floor. <laughs> yeah. Gus's stuff. He's got a back problem at the moment, but hopefully it wasn't from that night. Yeah, well, and he says that Gus like, was like, don't worry about it, just come down and um, just do a pre-season and came down to training and the rest is history. You know, went on to play for New South Wales, Australia. He thought it was career all over, Red Rover. Wow. Yeah. That's funny how things work like that. Yeah, unbelievable. Um, also in that period while you're playing for Souths, you got to play for Lebanon at a World Cup. Yeah, yeah. So 2009. Um, yeah. It was the qualifiers for the four nations um, in the Northern Hemisphere. So uh, every year, obviously, is Northern Hemisphere, then Southern Hemisphere, four nations. Uh, and we played the first game against Italy in uh, Lebanon. But how did you get picked? Obviously, you've got Lebanese heritage. Yeah, but that's you're, you're not even playing um, NRL. I mean, I, I know that the stocks for Lebanon aren't particularly deep, but you have that heritage. How did it come to pass that you play for Lebanon? Um, uh, my manager, Sam Ayoub, as well, um, he kind of uh, asked me if I wanted to because they, they reached him somehow and they, they realised I was playing in the 20s. So, um, yeah, they just gave me a call, asked if I was keen to play, went down and had a few training sessions and ended up getting picked in the squad. And yeah. And yeah, went for like a trip to Lebanon against. Uh, we played we played in Italy there. We smashed them eighty six nil, and then oh funny that and the the lights just went off mid game like <laughs> fuck hell. Funny the stadium was an actual army base. <laughs> like we're, we're running and there's soldiers running around the athletics track. <laughs> this guy's crazy, mate. Anyway, um, where, we, where, sorry, where is this army base? So this is in Lebanon. This is in Lebanon. You're is, playing Italy. Yeah, yeah. And there's soldiers running. Around I don't know the what the Italians were thinking. <laughs> but anyway, it was uh, yeah, it was a bit of a fiasco. I remember as well, we were trying to get a training session onto the field, and uh, it was double booked by the soccer team, and like. <laughs> It just wasn't, it just didn't end peacefully. It was just like verbal, just going crazy at each other, back and forth, back and forth. And us players are standing there like, what the hell's going on? See the train. But, 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 can you uh, speak Lebanese? Um, no, I don't got the tongue for it. I just, yeah, I, I can understand bits and pieces. Yeah. Um, but like I said, I was more raised by my mother. Yeah. So like I kind of got the more of the Portuguese side. Thought you might be just chipping in with a few insults to the, against the soccer boys for standing on your training track. Oh, 
<laughs> nah, definitely not. Didn't want to mess around there. Pretty cool life experience, though. Hey, going to play with all the Lebanese boys mm. at a Four Nations tournament. Yeah, like loved that it. Before you've played in the NRL. Yeah, yeah, no, it was awesome. It was awesome. Um, it, was, it was also good like, just to get in touch with like just the culture and you know the, the heart of Lebanon. Like, it's a beautiful country, and I think it's a country that's very misunderstood. Um, and just to go back and see how my father grew up, um, I, it was like very special for myself. So. Um, also, I met family family relatives I've never even met before. Yeah, um, a few of us, a few of us did, and um, yeah, that, that was awesome. When you talk about it being misunderstood, in what sort of sense do you mean, Josh? I think like, Lebanon is just like always directed with like war, um, civil unrest, um, and when you get there, like it's just a beautiful country. It's nothing like what you hear, the perception you have of it. Uh, I remember before I went there, like I'm thinking, you know, like it was just you know crazy, just like you know. Like buildings blown up and not, nothing like that at all. Mm. Yeah, so. Are there similarities between the Lebanese community here and the community in Lebanon? I think it's completely different, eh? Yeah. Yeah, completely different. Um, I think um, here in, in, in Australia, I think uh, we're kind of divided, I think. Um, I don't know if that's the right word, but in Lebanon, I think everyone's just so friendly and loving. It's just such a different vibe, eh? Like, I walk down the street and everyone, like, just, hello, how you doing? How's your day going? Like, it's very, um, it's very welcoming, I guess. I guess, yeah. Uh, but the Lebanese community here is actually divided in, in itself, you think? Yeah, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know what it is, but I think what I loved, um, the World Cup that just went, and uh, I think that was the, the best I've ever seen, like the community get together, eh? I yeah. think the World Cup does, just did amazing things, and especially for Lebanon, the, community, the Lebanese community. Um, it just really united everyone. If, uh, from the outside looking in, obviously not being clearly not being part of the Rugby League World Cup, um, I, like I just love the Minos games almost more than the than the like big blockbuster clashes. Mm. I, I found like the the Minnow countries, for want of a better term or better word than mm. Minnow, like was great. Just had a really impressive sense of community. Yeah, yeah. I've got to say the PNG, the hunt, like the the Papua New Guineans were amazing. Like they showed so much pride, especially the Tongans. How good were they? Like oh, unbelievable. Yeah, Lebanon almost got them in the end as well. So it just shows how much. Pro- um, pride that that team have or that those teams have. We talked about your debut for um, the Penny Panthers against Melbourne. It really started to snowball there. Twenty fourteen seemed to really be a real watershed year. What clicked that year? That, do you think that sort of, sort of changed gears and you went to a, like, almost another level? Twenty fourteen. Yeah. Oh, this is a funny story. Um, at the beginning of that year, I remember going into the office with Ivan, and um, he sat me down, and um, I didn't have a real crash hot uh, two thousand thirteen season, and. Uh, a guy named Etona Bulli, um, Fijian winger, um, he told me that he was going to be playing ahead of me. Um, and, yeah, of course I was disappointed, but, again, uh, I just took it as a, you know, a challenge and I, you know, I wanted to reclaim my, my position. Mm. So I go, you know what, I'll change your mind, mate, whatever. Trained hard, um, did what I had to do, and uh, ended up playing the first trial, and um, I ended up scoring five tries that, that trial. <laughs> wasn't in a regular game, unfortunately, but it was at a trial. Take um, it. But I'll still take it. I'm yeah. claiming it, 100%. <laughs> and um, after that, I just, I don't know, everything was just working for me, eh? Uh, it was just a great year. Um, and Like 15 we'll, tries in 22 games, yeah, I think, for the season. It was, and we we'll, we'll fell one game short. And we had, like, I think that year we just had a massive injury run. Like, everyone was just riding us off. Um, I remember the special game we were playing here at Allianz against the Roosters, and um, no one gave us a chance in hell to win that game. And... I remember that just the feeling to win by that field goal, uh, mate. It was unbelievable. Is that Jamie Saudi kicked that field goal? Yeah, he was. Is he yeah. as insane as he seems? Yeah. Oh wow. <laughs> he's like he's doing, out there. doing like the, the oh, fake so guns and he's stuff. He's so out there, mate. Oh Jesus. <laughs> but no, nah, he's a, he's a great fella. He's all right. Um, 
But yeah, he, he had one of the best. He was one of the best kickers I've ever, you know, yeah. as a half, definitely. Because he does look like an IT consultant, and then he could like play amazing footy, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. So, you know what? Like he um, obviously, like last season at Penrith didn't go too too well for him, but his whole career just speaks for himself. Yeah, yeah, he had a great career. You know, was he one of the more unusual blokes you met in the rugby league? Um, oh, I've met some unusual blokes, but uh, no, nah, he's definitely not on top of the list. There's some who's top. Ooh, weird, just weird. Just weird. Yeah. Jamal Idris by far. Really? Yeah. And, uh, just, uh, Sucks just, that he's just, retired, mate. Great fella. Great yeah. fella. I really like him. He is just without having met him. But just, yeah. just weird. That's <laughs> just strange. I just can't work him out. Can't work him out. But yeah, everyone's different, I guess. No one's. That's yeah, what makes no, it interesting. No. Absolutely. So I'll go back to twenty four. Yeah, I've got sorry. to be sidetracked. Yeah, go but um, end of the year, you go on to play four nations. Yeah, uh, play for Australia. So. Mm. Like, that's before you've even represented New South Wales, I think, I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, that's right. So, can you remember the process, the, the sort of, the moment that you felt that, like, I might be a chance to get picked for Australia here? Yeah, to be honest, I never really gave myself a chance. And um, towards the end of the year, like, you know, obviously we got we got kicked, kicked out by, by the Bulldogs. And then, um, as the Aussie selections came and I ended up getting picked, like, I just could not believe it. Did I they give shocked. you a call or something? Like, so, what happens? Yeah, so, first, um, I ended up getting picked for the Prime Minister's 13 game. That's right. And that was in far... Uh, PNG and we, we won a, a comfortably good win there, uh, and I still didn't rank, like rank myself to being picked in the squad. I don't I don't know why. And I think a week later I ended up getting the call and congratulations, you're you're in the Australian team. And I was just like, wow, wow. Like I was just yeah, I was rattled. Day. Eh? I was just I could not believe it. Like I, I always thought like you know you have to kind of make step your way up there. Like obviously you have to make city, country, or, uh, origin, and then you get to Australia. And yeah. I, I just. Uh, yeah, I just was speechless at the time, eh? Because you beat out some pretty massive names, hey, for that spot. The, yeah. That year, especially, we had a, a few debutants, and um, I think that's what made it more special. And uh, yeah, we got we you know we lost up in the final, but um, mate, for myself, there's no greater honour than you know putting on the green gold jumper. It was just a, it was a, it just topped off an amazing year. What was that tour like? Of the, uh, obviously, you guys didn't win the ultimate prize, mm. but just, um, I guess, as a person, what was that experience like? Yeah, no, nah, it was great. Um, I was a bit more in my... Sh- I kept in my shell a bit, just being like one of the young fellas, you know. I didn't really know... Uh, I couldn't really open up much. Yeah. Uh, one of my best mates, I kind of, like, you know, hung out with him. He was Michael Jennings, so he was. it was good to have him in the team. And, um, yeah, obviously playing, like, rubby shoulders with Cooper Cron, Cameron Smith, like, I can, you know, I can say that that was one of the greatest experiences in that tour as well first time you meet those guys NRL royalty you know considered sort of thinking men of the game um, like are they intimidating is it intimidating almost uh, so when I first came into the team I was pretty a bit intimidated by them yeah. I'm not going to lie um, just you know their, their reputation speaks for themselves and when, but you know what they're great great guys off the park like they really welcomed all, all us young fellas in the team and um, they made us comfortable as possible just to you know kind of get, get into the team but, you know, it was, it was unfortunate how we lost. You know, I thought we really um, had a good team there, but um, New Zealand Warriors were just too good in the end. Oh, Warriors. Warriors. New Zealand Kiwis were too good in the end. They may as well be one and the same. They're yeah. pretty much running the oh, same no, team. Pretty much. Right I st- still can't figure out why the Warriors don't do better. Like, every year it baffles me. Oh, yeah, I don't know what happened last year to them, eh? So um, much talent. Yeah, they got. A, I think they'll be good this year. I think they'll, they'll fly under the radar a bit. I don't know. Like, they got, they got, they got a lot of hype last yeah. year and they just didn't, feel, uh, you know live up to it but you never know now there's no hype might help that underdog tag might help them yeah yeah a very very short break to remind you to subscribe rate review go to itunes do us a favor keep those views ticking over keep those listens ticking over we're also on youtube we're on spotify we're on wooshka too 
And of course, a big thank you to our sponsors in MJ Bell. Without them, this whole project, not possible. Uh, it's been a fantastic undertaking from them. So do you, us a favour, get out and wear some great kit from MJ Bell. Stores all around the country. And also, as I say, if you are enjoying this podcast series, you're probably going to enjoy the content on 24.com.au. Little doco series with fantastic Australian athletes, not to mention some raw, uncensored, behind-the-scenes content that they athletes, the athletes rather, are posting themselves on the weekly. It's fantastic. It's worth a look. But before you get to that, get to this, the rest of the stack report with Josh Mansour. So uh, I think we spoke uh, like off-camera about how the career of a rugby league player these days it's so hard to be a one club player yeah. um, and the Raiders were sniffing around weren't they in 2014 mm. as well were you close to going to Canberra? Yeah I was very close not going to yeah, lie. yeah. Um, I remember like just jumping on a plane uh, with, with James Tedesco my manager and uh, it was just you know just to look around meet the coach CEO uh, what I, what I, when I was looked by like by this look of things I loved it like I, you know I could have you know started a new chapter but um uh, you know things with family. I just didn't want to be be apart from them, and uh, yeah, decided to just turn my back and kind of be loyal. Like I'll, I'll I love Penrith as well. Like I kind of wanted to show my loyalty for giving me the opportunity to play that in, in like make my NRL debut. debut. Um, so yeah, I guess I just had to decide to stay at Penrith. Yeah, is it is Canberra? Do you reckon they have a hard time trying to recruit players because they're in Canberra? Without... He, I, I definitely think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I just think the camp like you know there's not much to do in Canberra, you know, and the travel as well and. But saying that, they're, they're a good club and a proud club. They've yeah. got so much history. Um, but, yeah, in the end, I just had to make a decision and it was Penrith. Yep. Um, 2016, you earned your first Origin selection. Um, yeah. Played all three games in that series. Uh, how special is Origin footy compared to... Obviously, you, you'd gone from the heights of playing internationally and then yeah. to come down, but I would imagine that the standard's even higher still. Yeah, it was. It, there's so much hype, there's so much pressure with when it comes to origin. Like, it's just, especially being um, New South Welshman, like, just coming up against that Queensland oh. team, they just got a... It's a bloody nightmare yeah, as a supporter. Oh, I can imagine. Yeah, I was a supporter as well. So, um, yeah, it was, it was definitely a big challenge for myself, but, um, you know, it's definitely something that I'll never ever take for granted you know like with Origin it doesn't come around too often um, and you know I'll hopefully I get the opportunity again soon but saying that we just got done that that year as well it was, na- it was so tight I mean that first mm. game you guys lost by two points yeah yeah, yeah. And, that, and then we won on the buzz in the last game and after my stuff in the, last, the couple last couple of minutes, I remember uh, when Cooper Cronk, they kept peppering my side and then this one kick kind of was in between me and Tedesco and I was looking at Tedesco and then he was looking at me and we could, like, it's just so loud in the field, you just can't hear each other and it was a bit of miscommunication and it was swirling and it's kind of swirled to me. I'm like, you know, I'm just going to go for it. Got, I was under it, but then as I went to play, my foot but just first slipped on a banana and, and then... I went to go regather it for Boyd, and he just missed it. Just missed, it and he ended up scoring. I was I was so rattled after that. I was like, after when Michael Jennings scored, I was just hugging him. Thanks, mate. Thank you so much. You saved me. So <laughs> <laughs> oh. us back to the moment of that era. Are you just do you want the the ground to swallow you up? Like, what's the, how oh. tough is that feeling? Yeah, mate. It was awful. It was awful. Like I was just like I was you know I was everything was going so well, and then in a blink in a second like. Everything just went crashing. I remember, like, Laurie was already making his way downstairs in the sheds. He really thought the game was over. And then all he could hear as he's walking down, the whole crowd was just cheering. And he had no idea that we won the game. And then, but, uh, yeah, look at, take, like, thinking back to it, it was just, yeah, it was a very, very big error. And I've, 
can't believe it happened to me. How but, do you how do you stay in the moment then? Because I imagine if it, that were me, I'd be thinking, oh god, the all the fans are going to be livid, the media is going to be after me. And uh, does that stuff go through your head? I didn't. Not on the footy field, it didn't. No, yeah. but um, like after the game's finished, you like just think to yourself, you're like, whoa, imagine we lost that game. Like it just wouldn't be an absolute nightmare. But you know, if something had started so good, and then you know, but uh, by saying that, yeah, it was it was a great try in the end. Um, what's the worst you've ever felt um, on the footy field? Is that the is that the absolute lowest? Yeah, yeah. I have to say, without a doubt. Yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> we weren't like we we're playing for, just for for the win, but um, like we weren't. We, obviously, Queensland just had the series in the bag, but just you have to, you know, it's Origin. Like you got to fight for the final minute, and like, we were doing that, and it was just like a freak accident. I just slipped. I'll never forget it. It was just, oh, mate. And then when Darius like bobbled it, like batted it over me, like it was like a fingertip. Fingertip. I just had to touch the ball. It was a knock on, but you know what? Things happen. Yeah, <laughs> things happen. Um, Queensland obviously been on just an insane run yeah. over the last. I don't know what is it. Eleven of the last twelve. Twelve of the last thirteen. I've lost count. Yeah. I'll try not to count anymore. No, me too. <laughs> um, can you tell us how difficult that psychologically is? What do you think for these guys? For you guys, let's say you're going into this series, just the weight of that expectation and the weight of that history? Is it something that is that weighs on a team? Um, I think it does. Um, it didn't so much on myself. Um, I just took it like, a, like every other game. I didn't want to really think too much into it. Um, but I definitely think it has a, a psychological effect definitely on the team. Like, especially when you're coming up against like, you know, the, the, the goats of the game, you know, Cameron yeah. Smith, JT, Cooper Cronk, like this, Billy Slater. Like, you know, it's, it's definitely hard, but, you know, like, fair play to them. They've, you know, they're playing great footy, so. What, what can you do from a New South Wales perspective? Is there anything you guys can do in camp? Like, how, how can you tackle it? I do think the you know uh, the ties are starting to shift. Uh, I really think that um, New South Wales is really starting to build a good culture and um, hopefully can, you know start turning things around. But uh, you look at you look at you know the back previous um, series. You know Queensland have just you know they've all been nail biters like most of them that they won, and you know what well, I think it's just New South Wales has got the unlucky end of the stick. Yeah. Uh, I th- I th- it never feels like it's that uh, far away, does it? it? No, nah, it just feels. Uh, it just feels like it's a fingertip, like just like that. Just like what I was talking about with that era. It just. It doesn't feel too far away. I really think. I really believe that things are things are changing. Um, Twenty sixteen was a, obviously a very tough end of the year for you. Uh, we talked about the elation of playing for Australia. You also mm. suffered what could have been a career-threatening knee injury at the end of that 2016 uh, when you were on tour with the Kangaroos. What do you remember of that training mishap with Josh Dugan? Oh, I remember everything. Um, yeah, so just that year itself, everything was going really well. Um, and I, I feel I was on the, the biggest high. Like, nothing could have ruined it, you know. I, I got picked, obviously, made my origin debut. Um, uh, got my first Dalian Winger of the Year trophy, which was um, unbelievable for myself. And um, then got picked to play in the Four Nations and um, oh and got married sorry and got married so I was just on an absolute don't leave oh that God, one out Jesus you get yourself yeah, in trouble oh no she's gonna sh- yeah <laughs> <laughs> lucky I got that in just in time snuck it in. <laughs> but um, yeah so I was on an absolute high everything was going so well and um, out of nowhere just just like that just brought me crashing down and what actually happened in the incident it was just, just a clashed or freak accident absolute freak accident we were playing like um, a 6 or 6 uh, conditioning game sort of thing and um, Smithy put in a grubber and I went to get clean it up um, but I thought it was he put too much weight onto the kick and it was going dead so I thought I shepherded the ball out and um, Dugan uh, came in to kind of compete and bat it back but didn't get the ball just fully got me and yeah it was like when I was on the ground I was like I just 
grabbing my knee. It was like, whoa. Like it, was, it felt like it was a, a knife just stuck in my knee. It was just so, the pain was so sharp. I'll never forget it. Um, physios ran over, like tested it out. And I saw the looks on the, look on the faces when they did not look confident. And that later that night, I went and got scans and it just showed the aftermath, and, which was pretty disappointing. Yeah, how flat were you? Yeah, I was just deflated, fully deflated, yeah. Did you think it was 2017 season gone? Um, yeah, that definitely, yeah, 100%. Um, I think when I was most vulnerable was when I was in the in my room by myself because we all had room to ourselves, we didn't have roomies. And um, when I was in there, it was just like, you're just flooded with your own thoughts and like just just naturally things just come to you and you just think, wow, like what, what if I was in a different position? Why did I have to be there? Why me? Like why, why, why? Like. But then again, it's just one of those things that happens, you know. Like yeah. you just have to kind of just get yourself back up and back on, you know, back on your feet. Were you angry with Josh Dugan at the time? Um, yeah, I was. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie, I was yeah, definitely. Um, uh, but then again, uh, I, I didn't want to have that mindset. I didn't want to like point the finger at him because I know, like in his heart, he wasn't trying to injure me. Like no one goes out there trying to injure someone, no. you know. He so, would have felt awful. As oh well. yeah, he was rattled. He was pretty rattled, but. Um, you know, like you do, you do obviously hold hold that bit of anger for that person because he kind of contributed in leading to the injury. But mm. um, yeah, I kind of I didn't want to think like that at all because I, you know, Josh is a great great fella. Did you? Um, what was the phone call like when you spoke to your wife? Um, yeah, that, that was yeah, that was awful. Um, so the, just the time difference, uh, I wasn't sure if she she saw it on the news yet, and. Uh, so I was just that sucks if she had to say that yeah 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 so um, I was just speaking to her normally on the phone and um, 10 minutes in I still haven't told anything Um, and then I go you know what I've got to say and I go "Um, listen babe I go um, I've got something to tell you I go um, end up like getting injured at training I did my ACL and like she didn't understand the full extent of it at the time Uh, and then when she started seeing the footage and, and then it kind of really started to sink in and she um she so she planned the whole honeymoon like the whole honeymoon was booked uh but she did she didn't take travel insurance she put travel insurance on she was going to do it but when she left so we lost everything so i was even i was i made things worse but um yeah so it was just it was a bloody bad time of the year um incredibly you go on to play in 2017 but before we get to that, just talk to me about how hard the comeback trail is because I don't think people fully appreciate the work that probably goes mm. into that remarkable recovery, like mentally and physically. How hard was that grind? Yeah, definitely hard. Yeah, it, was, it was probably one of the hardest challenges I've ever had to face in my life. So, But, yeah, you know what? I was very lucky to, like being a professional footballer, you've got a lot of resources that are, you know, given to you and I was very lucky in that, that sense. But, um, yeah, I reckon it's 80%, 20%, like 80% mental battle like you just have to like you obviously got to fight through a lot of pain um you got to fight through like seeing all the boys on the on the field like wishing you're out there uh you're training on your own so like it's that, that kind of is very frustrating mm-hmm. i thought like all the main team was training on the front field and i was on the backfield by myself just running laps and just doing little running patterns and you know it kind of feels yeah, like you're getting nowhere almost yeah yeah it gets to a point like that like um, you, you'll be training to a certain point and you're like, come on, like, I've got to be doing something else now. Like, what am I doing? Like, I just wanted to keep getting kind of, kind of mixing it up sort of thing. But um, yeah, it, it definitely gets frustrating, but you just got to keep your head down and just, you know, remain as positive as you can. Like, it's such a cliche thing to say, but it's, it's the truth. Do you have any tricks for being able to do that to avoid getting down? Um, I, just, I just kept thinking to myself, picturing myself, you know, like 
I knew where I was heading. I knew like I knew where the end goal was, and I just kept thinking about it. Like I knew every training session and whatever I did was going to help me. It was just like a another step, just getting up up the ladder. And I, I just wanted to keep training, keep my head down, keep doing my physio, my, my rehab, everything. And um, yeah, it was a it was a long six seven months, but I got there. Do you have to be meticulous about what you eat as well? Because yeah, like you worry about blowing out. Yeah, I, I kind of with with my kind of um, like body, like I'm not not too bad. Um, like with the bigger guys, the forwards, I have to obviously watch what they eat. But um, yeah, I was I, I wanted to do everything to a hundred percent. Like I wanted to eat right. I wanted to uh, train like to, to the best I can. And um, yeah. There was so much hype around the Panthers going into that season, um, mm. and you were sort of watching on from the sidelines mm. um, as it all really didn't go to plan early. Did did you feel like that hype was a burden for the club because you were in a unique position in that you were front and center, being able to watch it, but you were also on the outside in a funny way? Yeah, um, I kind of felt victim to the hype as well. I'm not going to lie; I was feeling I was feeling so good about what the season was going to shape up to be, but unfortunately, it wasn't. Um, I think. Kind of yeah, it did I, th- I think it did affect us a little bit. Uh, being a very young squad, I think you know the guys would have hyped themselves up, you know, reading about pen of this, pen of that, and you know it's kind of natural in a way. But yeah, how can you not? If everyone's telling you yeah. how great you are, it's, I imagine it'd be very hard to um, to Look, not I th- listen. I think our average uh, average age in our team is like 25, 20, 24, something, something ridiculous like that. And um, yeah, I think a few of us fell victim to it, which was unfortunate. And, not only that, when when you get branded as like one of the favourites to win the the premiership, teams are going to play a train and play harder to beat you. It just gives them more motivation, you know. Um, it's like you know with Melbourne, they got the tag, but um, like whenever you're playing Melbourne or a Brisbane Broncos, like every team's going to train and play harder because they know it's going to be a big game. Um, and I, I don't think we just we didn't handle it well at the start of the season. Yeah. There was so much drama off the field as well. Do you, like, was that just a nightmare to contend with? Yeah. Like, how much is that? I think sometimes, because in a former life I was a reporter and you go to these press conferences and you talk to the players and they're like, oh, no, no, we're not paying mm. any attention to it. But I have to imagine that behind the scenes it's taking a significant toll on blokes. Well, for myself, not really, because I wasn't really in the mix of it. Because yeah. I was on the sidelines watching everything, so I couldn't really feel what vibes the boys were feeling. Um, I guess I guess it was really frustrating. It had to be like when you're you know hyped to be the premiership favourites, and then you go on a massive losing run at the start of the season, mm. and people are saying you're going to win, like, get the wooden, wooden spoon potentially. Like, yeah. of course, it's going to be very demoralising. But uh, lucky enough, we kind of got our stuff, got, got ourselves out of the mud, and we kind of made a pretty good late run towards the end, and ended up playing finals footy. So. How the season started, I think we did pretty well in the end. Yeah, you certainly came home with a wet sail and all the indications are pretty encouraging for 2018. Mm. Really interesting as well with Matty Moylan and James Maloney trading places. Mm. As a as a neutral, I, re- I love this for both clubs. I, I'm, yeah. I think Matty Moylan will be fantastic at Cronulla and I think James Maloney is just going to be magnificent at um, the Panthers. Without doubt. Um, Matty Moylan, are you sad to see him go? Was it, is that, you, we, do you have a good friendship, good relationship with Matty? Yeah, yeah. It was, it was definitely sad to see Matty leave. Um, I think... Uh, it's uh, me, Sam McKendry, and, and Maddie were the longest-serving Panthers at the time, and um, obviously him being a Penrith junior would have been, um, you know, it was a bit disappointed to see him leave. But uh, end of the day, it's a business, and you know what, he just uh, he just had to get a fresh start, and uh, conveniently it worked out for him being at Cronulla and James to the Penrith, uh, to Penrith, and uh, you know what, I think it's you know good luck to him. It's, it is it is what it is, you know. Was that a bad year for Matt Moylan as an emerging captain to be? an emerging captain given all the sort of the outside scrutiny on the club 
like, you know, just the way the season panned out as well, I think just the, there was just so much pressure on him and I, I kind of felt, felt for him. Um, it's not easy being a captain, you know. No. You've got the weight of the, the team on your shoulders every game, every training session. So, um, And obviously him filling in the shoes, like, it, it was obviously going to be, it was going to be hard for a, a young guy and, um, you know, I could totally understand, like, um, for whatever's happened, you know. Like, unfortunately, like, it didn't end up working out for him, but, um, you know, maybe he's he's definitely learned a valuable lesson. Tell me what James Maloney's brought to the group. Oh, Jimmy. What can I, oh, I've, got that many, I've got that many stories on Jimmy, but yeah. He's, Let's go. We've got plenty of time. Oh, There's plenty of film he's, with the camera. Uh, what you see is what you get with Jimmy. You know, he's like he's just a larrikin. He's um, full on. He's 100 like every day. Just... Yeah, he he, he can get un, he can get on your nerves a lot, but for saying that, he's a great fella. Um, I'm I'm glad he's he's like part of us, and uh, you know what? Just to just to rub it in, they decided to put his locker right next to mine. So <laughs> I don't know, maybe one one session I'll probably put dynamite in his locker and blow it up. I don't know, but <laughs> no, he's a he's a champion fella, and I'm, I'm sure he'll grow. Sure, he'll add a lot to to our team. Do you reckon um, Nathan Cleary's going to get a lot out of playing next to him? They, like, in personalities-wise, they are the complete opposite. Nath is just so calm, you know, cool, very, like, very reserved. When you've got Jimmy, he's just loud, you know, jokes around. Uh, just complete opposites, but I think they're going to work very, very good um, with each other. Because he's, he's done it all as well, you know. He's played state, country, won yeah. premierships. Like, he brings a lot, doesn't he's, he? He's definitely going to add a lot to the table. And um, he's obviously won a couple of premierships himself, so he... I think that gives the team more confidence and um, you know, him being in the team, I think he's going to compliment Nathan as well, being such a young half. I think there's a lot you can learn off Jimmy. Hey, we touched on Gus earlier. I wanted to ask as well, do you, do you see him much around the club these days? Does he just randomly roll up and just burst into an impromptu monologue a la like, you know, pre-origin days, yeah. like walking across <laughs> the field? No, nah, no, nah, he, he kind of gets involved. Uh, he um, kind of obviously gives us his, his insight, um, uh, you know, gives us a few pointers here and there, but... Um, yeah, I think he. I think he's a part of him. He wants to coach one day. He wants to come back. You think? It, maybe. I don't know. No, maybe. I don't know. Like at, Who knows? at club level or more of a maybe rep footy. Nah, I think. I think with Gus, I think he'll just kind of just chill behind the scenes and just um, you know maybe like help out as an assistant there. perhaps. Maybe somewhere. yeah, but I, I don't. I don't think he'll ever take a full head coach role again. Just too much work. I think he's had enough. You're just having a bit of fun with him here because he's like, what? Well, he's offering tips yeah, all the time, and you're like, mate, if you want to coach, oh, yeah. take a job. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, I, I don't know. You never know. You never know. We'll have to wait and see. So, Josh, you're out of contract at the end of the year. Yep. What's the What's the plan? Do you, do you want to be a Panther for life? You know, it's obviously a tough business. And mm. as you sort of touched on earlier, rugby league is a business, really. Yep. You've got a young family. It must change your perspective on these sorts of things. Yeah. Where's your head at with it? <laughs> to be honest, I haven't really put too much forward into it. I'm not going to lie. Um, I'm just going to, you know, just stick, have my head down, just tr- have, finish this pre-season. And then uh, I guess when, when the season starts, I kind of everything will just unfold and I kind of make a decision then. But um, obviously it'll be great to, you know, be a one-club man. Penrith um, have really... You know, made me to who I am. They've, um, you know, influenced me um, on the footy field and off the footy field. So I'm very grateful for that. And you know what? If um, things work out to be for, to, for me to keep to stay there, then I'll, I'll definitely stay there. But like end of the day, I've got a family now. I can't really make decisions solely on what I want. It's whatever's best for my family. Um, is that like? Is it kind of weird to think that you could potentially be in another club's jumper? Like you've played in the in the Panthers jumper for so long now. Yeah, definitely, well, definitely. Of course, it's got to be weird. Yeah, like, but but then again, I know that if if it's the right decision for my family, then I'm content with that. Um, I just don't want to. 
I can't make a decision based on what I want. It's just, I'm just not selfish like that. Has, has your mindset changed? Because, I mean, we were talking before about how you wanted to, it's almost like the last contract when the Raiders were circling. You're like, no, no, this contract is for them. And it's almost like the next one's for you. Do you know what I mean? Is yeah. it a bit of that? Yeah. Like, yeah. Like I said, I haven't really put too much thought into it. I don't want to, like, really too, think too much about it right now. I think it's going to be a good season. I just want to focus on the team sort of thing. Yeah. Like, I'm, I know what we're capable of doing this year. Um, I don't want to, obviously, leave it too late. So, hopefully, I'll, I'll have a decision soon. And, yeah, who knows? Hopefully, it will all pan out. Yeah, last one on that. So, like, time frame, is that, like, because you obviously wouldn't want reporters like me hitting you up at every press conference going like made a decision yet made a decision yet yeah, yeah. like yeah of course but um, yeah when the time is right obviously I'll, I'll announce it but um, yeah I haven't really sat down with my manager to have this, this actual chat to be honest so yeah. um, I'm looking forward to getting it resolved as soon as possible Our fingers crossed for the Penny Panthers fans that you stay at the foot of the mountains yeah. um, we're going to finish with a little short and sharp we'll just do like little short questions Josh just do your best oh, great. go with us oh, um, great. So, okay so now that you've shaved off your beard who's got the best beard in the NRL oh, James Disco. I get told I, get, I look like James Disco. eh I don't know why you've got a pretty similar look you're like you're stockier though I reckon like you've got your Thanks. bigger shoulders he's faster he's definitely faster you're right <laughs> um, who would you least want to take on in a cage fight from the Penrith Panthers Sam McKendry Jesus he's just terrifying oh mate he's one of the biggest humans and angry like just like, yeah. Um, mate he, yeah, he's just very strong very strong ridiculous Mongo strong long yeah. if you could recruit one player to Penrith from the whole comp who would you pick uh, oh, Jesus, you got me there. I was going to say Cooper Cronk. Well, you can say Cooper Cronk. Yeah, I know, but then um, I guess kind of like, you know, we've got Nathan. Like, like, <laughs> oh, I'm thinking too much into it. Yeah. <laughs> I reckon they're good enough that they'll find room for them both. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah we'll stick to that. Very, How about very, the Roosters, though? They're taking the piss, aren't they? Oh, mate. I was, well, they're under the cap, please. <laughs> Honestly. Is that a J-up? You're joking. Well, I mean, I mean, I'm in a bad, te- I'm in enemy territory at the moment, yeah, so we in, shouldn't be bagging the Roosters. We're in Wallara. <laughs> Got to be careful. Um, they'll... they'll yeah, Nick, Nick Pilatus will be coming, jumping out of one of these suit racks and be coming for you. Um, if you could pick one bloke to coach you, Brad Fittler or Gus Gould? Freddie. Freddie? Yeah, Freddie. Stiff or Gus? No, no not really. Stitcher. No, <laughs> no, but no, saying that, like, I've looked up to Freddie. Um, you know, I think he's, gonna be, he's a great coach, but, you know, I'm already coached by Gus. Yeah. So. Fair, good point. <laughs> yeah, you've, you've, you've had them all. Um, <laughs> Who has the best jersey? The Kangaroos or Lebanon? Just the jersey, just the design. <laughs> oh, this is going to end bad either way for me, so I'll just go Kangaroos. Oh, very diplomatic, very <laughs> diplomatic. Um, if you could play, if you could, sorry, if you had to move to one place, would you move to Beirut or Madeira, Portugal or Lebanon? Look at this, Madeira. I'll go Madeira. I love Madeira. Okay, nice. Um, tomato sauce or barbecue sauce? Pick one. Barbecue. And does it go in the fridge or does it go in the pantry? Oh, pantry? I reckon it goes in the pantry. Yeah, pantry. Yeah. And people yeah. talk about going in the fridge. It goes yeah. to. It doesn't come out run right. Yeah, and it's just too cold. Yeah. I, I don't know. Just yeah, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. It has to be a bit room temperature. That's yeah, the nice. Yeah. Josh, you've been giving us scoops galore. You've been generous with your time. <laughs> Despite young family, the beer gone. Mate, thanks. We appreciate it. Awesome, mother. Too easy. Thanks for having me. Well done, Ledge. <laughs> 
Josh Mansour there. Fantastic with his time. Very generous with his time. And so concludes the last episode of the second series of The Stack Report. Hoping to bring you more episodes soon. We're going on a brief hiatus as we take a little bit of a breather ahead of the 2018 footy season. It's been a fantastic journey. We've really enjoyed the support of MJ Bell. Could not have done it without them. They've provided us locations to, uh, to shoot, suits to be suited in. Uh, they've been very generous with their support. Do us a favour, support them too. If you need a new suit, if you need some new kit, get into one of their many stores around Australia. MJ Bale, they've been fantastic. Also fantastic, 24.com.au, great content, well worth a look if you enjoy your sports docos, um, some fantastic behind-the-scenes raw content from the athletes too. Make sure you show us support there and show your support on iTunes. Go and subscribe, rate, review. If you've got friends who might like podcast interviews, tell them about it too. But for now... That's it for this episode this week of The Stack Report.